time on this podcast show of on Fire. This is Linda. And today's guest is Patricia Hestoso, which I have the pleasure to know for a couple of years now. And Patricia today is going to Patricia <laughs> today is going to talk more about um, our uh, uh, worth and our um, uh, wisdom in our professional success. Uh, I have the pleasure to know Patricia from like the previous um, talks we have had with her online, but uh, I would love for her to introduce herself to uh, this audience. Thank you very much, uh, Linda, for inviting me to your podcast. Um, let me introduce you. Uh, I- introduce myself. So, uh, as you said, uh, I'm Patricia Gestoso. I live in Manchester, UK, and I'm a certified uh, life and career coach, an award-winning inclusion strategist, and I'm also a technologist with plus uh, 20 years of experience in digital transformation. I help women. Uh, and people from underrepresented groups to become their own version of success uh, whilst embracing lightness, joy, and self-compassion. Patricia, thank you so much uh, for being here today. Uh, It's such a pleasure to know more about your work as a certified coach. And um, as an experienced coach and also as a woman who's working already in, in tech, um, what would you say that's uh, the difference between uh, self-worth and self-confidence since we've seen a lot of that lately uh, coming uh, across, especially when people went through a lot of uh, self-doubt as well uh, after a career, let say, like bumps? Okay, that's a great question because a lot of people use self-worth and self-confidence interchangeably, and it's not the same. Self-worth is about the va- our value as human beings. Okay, is how we uh, uh, is our perception basically of our worth. Whereas confidence is about our evaluation, about how well we will perform a task. And they are different because, for example, uh, if we have self-worth, means that we keep doing things and being very busy because we believe our value is in what we do. So we keep doing and doing and doing just to uh, gather enough you know, proof that we are valuable. Whereas confidence is more, when we have low confidence, that we actually, we don't feel that we are able to do something. So we stop ourselves of doing things. And that is a so interesting approach. Like I never thought about like self-worth and self-confidence were two different things. Like in my head, I had associated like as the same thing because I was thinking, oh, if I feel like confident about myself, then I also assume I, I have like also self-worth. Um, but like, how would you say that uh, these two different things, as you mentioned them, have an impact in our work, in our careers, in our uh, development professionally? Like how is self-worth impact the way that uh, we progress uh, in our careers and uh, in our day-to-day uh, tasks? So 
for self-growth, what happens is that um, as I've been socialized, for example, as a woman, and my pronouns are, uh, you know, she and her, and uh, I, you know, I've lived in six countries, three continents, and has always been, uh, I've always experienced patriarchal structures. So in a patriarchal structure, basically a woman is a second-rank citizen, okay? And that means that is not as valuable as a man, okay? And the fact that, that there is this mismatch means I, you know, I've been socialized. I need to provide value to, sh to show everybody that, oh, I'm so worth it. And the evaluation of people about me is very, very important because, of course, that is about my worth. So that the, moves me from being a human being to a human doing. The important thing is what I do. So that means that a lot of women, for example, overwork themselves because what? They need to keep doing things. They need to keep busy. If they do their tasks for the day, they just need to do more and more. And that leads to burnout, okay? Because we keep doing things to fill our jar of worthiness, of value. And we are that hook us basically on praise and criticism is everything because the moment somebody is not happy, they don't feel and we are doing our tasks, that means that actually our value decreases as a human being. The other thing as well that is important is that often women that uh, women that I coach uh, leave. They, uh, you know, in standby their callings because, for example, they want to write a book. But yes, first they have a full time job. Then they have to do, you know, all the chores at home. They need to look about because this is their value as moms. These, these are uh, is the value as a worker. And then arrives 11 p.m. and then, of course, they are exhausted and they cannot worth 10 minutes in their calling. So this is, as you can see, self-worth does have an impact because we it just uh, prompts us to keep doing and doing and doing. So we feel we we are good, we are worth enough. Yes, and uh, I cannot agree more with that because I have seen it with... Um myself and I've seen it also with friends of mine who especially people who are working in tech because as we know tech is a little bit uh, a male dominant uh, field uh, and has been like for all these years and as women we want to prove our worth because um, historically we haven't been associated uh, so much with tech actually we have but we haven't been so much visible in that field because we haven't been promoted like there were not like so many women being promoted of the work they have done in tech for example i was reading that um ai and um uh, with the chat uh, gpt it was also like a, a woman who was associated with the development of that software as well but nobody actually was mentioning her and I feel that we do need to do so many things to prove ourselves. And I've seen so many colleagues of mine and friends of mine getting burned out because 
they want to exceed and they need to uh, get ahead and uh, they also have this social pressure because we women we have also this thing that oh we have to excel in our careers but we also have to be uh, great mothers or great uh, uh, wives and also take care of everyone else and we cannot leave that behind because we also get criticized if we um leave our like our uh, 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 life or our careers people will be like oh don't you want to have a family why you are so uh, focused in your career like like time is is uh, passing and you're getting older when you're gonna have children and all these things that are so um backwards and I feel like we need to kind of break these stereotypes of uh, uh, women not being enough and I know that the imposter syndrome it mostly affects us rather than uh, men um, but uh, how would you describe uh, this uh, feeling of uh, confidence and uh, how can uh, women kind of get ahead of that um, imposter syndrome, let's say, and they use their wisdom and uh, uh, improve and use also their self-worth and improve their self-confidence? Um, I think that we need to get, you know, to remove a little bit the hype that imposter syndrome is only for women. And that comes because the first time that a study was conducted was con about what is called imposter syndrome uh, was on women. But there is no evidence that it only affects or there is many more uh, women than men. The thing, because for example, if you ask many, and uh, you know, a lot of men I know, if you tell them how confident you are in uh, raising your kid, of taking care of your child, they will say, oh, I don't feel confident. So it depends also very much on the task. It depends on your age. And we have this idea that confidence is, is something static. It's not. I coach women that said, oh, I cannot ever apply to this job because I don't feel confident. We have a chat, we have a session, and after that, they say, I'm going to apply. What? You know, in an hour, this is a, you know, the person took a decision to apply. So it's not something at all static. Moreover, you may have had the experience say, oh, I'm not qualified or I'm not an expert enough. And then you talk to somebody and the person says, you know, Linda, actually, I was like you three years ago and I did that. And suddenly you said, oh, if she did, I can do it too. And suddenly now you have more confidence. We also think that confidence is equal to competence. And it's not. Confidence is a feeling. And feelings last for 90 seconds. The problem is that the feeling of, of confidence keeps replaying in your head, you know, every 90 seconds, like saying, no, you know, I can't, it's not me. So, and also we, feel, we think that confidence is binary. You either have confidence or you don't. And actually the reality is that it's more into a scale. You know, for example, if you look at running a podcast, if I would have talked to you about 10 years ago, 
you will have, I don't know, maybe said, you know, 10%. And now you are 75%, maybe, or 90%. And when you do that five more years, your scale of confidence, you know, may change. So I think that we have all these ideas about confidence and imposter syndrome. And we also, uh, the problem, because I told you it's a feeling, is that it does impact a lot of our careers. Why? Because when we, we said, you know, that we don't feel confident, we spend our time comparing to others. And of course, we beat ourselves up you know, in that comparison. We also do other things to distract us. For example, one that I love, because I'm guilty of that, is when I don't feel confident enough, I just go and learn. I said, oh, let me, I need another certificate. I need another course. Or we use techniques to distract us. For example, I was last week talking with a great, uh, you know, leader, uh, female leader in tech, and she was complaining about, you know, taking more weight. And she was saying, the reason I'm, I'm taking more weight is I'm, I'm very tired, I do so many things, and I need to treat myself well. So, you know, we here, she is using food to actually counteract the pressure and the stress. The other thing is when we don't feel confident, there are plenty of things that we don't do. We don't ask for a raise. We don't ask for a promotion. We don't apply for another job, even if we don't like the one we have. And we don't start a business, even if we have a great idea that can change the world. So what I invite you know, the, the audience of, of this episode is to first, you know, gain awareness that this is a feeling, okay? That it, this is not to downplay it, it's important because how we feel is connected with what we do or we don't do. And that, once that you bring awareness to, yes, I, I don't feel confident to apply to that job, for example, then rather than being scared, think, let me be curious what the reason why, I, you know, I don't feel confident. And then you can say, you can say, oh, there is, you know, 100 different, uh, you know, uh, uh, things I need to know in this job spec. And I only have 80 which is typical because women, we feel we need to have 90, you know, 99% of everything that is asked. Where men, in general, if you have 60% is more than enough. So to say, okay, why I'm not feeling confident is, is, you know, what's the reason? And a lot of the times, the reason is because we want to protect ourselves from failure. We, we and, and if we see that in a lot of cases, this feeling of confidence, actually what means is our brain wants to protect us, not to, not to uh, you know, go into a place where we, you know, we don't know all the answers. Then we can begin to say, okay, is this really necessary? 
do. And also, I invite your audience to say, rather than focusing on ourselves, think when that feeling comes about a promotion, about new job, think about who, how can you be of service to others? For example, like your podcast. Maybe, I don't know, how confident did you feel when you started it, Linda? I have to say, not at all. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was afraid. <laughs> it took me a year to start it. I bought, I bought my microphone last year in April. And I said to myself, I'm going to start the podcast. And I was telling this to my friends. And I didn't do it. I was scared to death um, <laughs> until I got to a point where I was like, it's now or never. I don't care anymore. I, don't, I, I, don't, I, I cannot wait uh, for longer. And I just started recording and I said to myself, I gave the permission to say, this is experimental and I am not... Um, Obviously, I'm not a professional yet, but I need to start somehow because otherwise I'm going to disappoint myself if I don't do it. And I think that, um, that uh, feeling changed everything, it took the fear away from mm -hmm. me because I like what you said about fear of failure and that confidence is a feeling. I, I felt that if I don't start it, I will disappoint myself and I am not living my life with my values and I'm not following my vision of my future self. And uh, yeah, I think that feeling of me disappointing my future self, uh, it was stronger than my feeling of failure. I was like, you know, if I fail, I fail, but at least I tried. <laughs> Yeah, and that, you know, is so interesting because basically what you did, you self-coach yourself, you know, to say, okay, let's look, you know, to, to you know, embody my future self and look backwards. And actually, I was giving a talk to the, in the, at the University of Manchester um, last week, and I was talking um to you know women uh in the you know there were of course you know men and uh you know non-binary people in the audience uh and the focus of of the colloquium was women in in science uh, academia and industry and there were a lot of women there that were you know they were pursuing their phd or you know the postdoc and, you know, I was sharing also when I started my blog, okay? And it took me three years because I was talking myself out of it all the time, telling myself, I don't know enough. I, I'm a non-native English speaker. I'm, I don't have a diversity and inclusion degree. All the reasons, you know, why I, I was not the person. And as you said, you know, I arrives one moment that, you know, you can just let go, but you need to take a decision. And then to understand, I'm so, I don't know if it's for you, it's the same, but now I'm so glad I started my blog in 2018 because it has been a game changer. 
And the other thing I, I um, you know, share with that audience about, you know, uh, that connection with our future self is that um, Daniel Pink, it's um, um, an American author. He uh, he did um, a, uh, he wrote a book about regret. And uh, the regret is based, uh, the, the book is based on uh, the survey he did. Uh, he collected about 16,000 responses from people living around more than 100 countries. And he put four buckets. Uh, one is, you know, the kinds of regret. And he said, you know, there are regrets uh, because you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. Like, for example, save for your retirement. Uh, there is also the regret for about relationships. For example, when you miss connection with somebody and then, you know, you said, oh, you know, that was my dear friend 20 years ago and we disconnected. Then there is the, the moral regrets when, for example, you, you watch some injustice and you could have done it, something and you didn't. And the fourth one is the regrets of boldness. When you had an opportunity and you didn't embrace it, you hide it. And what is very interesting is actually when he tried to look, you know, if there were difference between geographies, between genders, between, you know, ages, what he saw is that in general, there were no difference with one exception. And that was the regrets that are, are associated uh, 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 to uh, those um, opportunities that you didn't embrace. As you get older, those you know you will have more opportunities where you did you know you hide it. So then those are increasing and increasing your regret. So I think that a, a way you can approach not being 100 confident is to say, as you did, okay, if now, you know, I'm in my deathbed, will I have, what will be, you know, will I regret not to do that? And the chances are that there will be more uh, regret if you said, yes, I applied for the job, I didn't get it, rather than say, you know, I never have got the courage to apply for that job. I love that. I love that so much because it reminds me uh, a quote I read somewhere which said, uh, in the end, we only regret the chances that we didn't take. And that aligns exactly with what you said and all these uh, findings. And I, I've seen it like uh, sometimes I am afraid to take the leap and like especially moving to different countries and like to traveling and to starting all over again because there's this fear of uh, what I'm going to face, what's the new challenge. But at the end, I mean, that's isn't that life all about like about moving and uh, exploring new areas because I was definitely afraid to change countries. I was definitely afraid to get into tech because I was I didn't know what I'm going to face. I came from a marketing background and suddenly I am in tech and I was wondering how did that happen? And um, I think it was also the feeling of I didn't have any other choice. 
but moving forward because I felt that the fear, yes, is holding me back, but what I'm going to do if I am listening to that fear, I'm going to stay in the same place, doing the same things and eventually be unhappy because I wouldn't uh, do whatever I want to do. And, um, and this is, I think, I don't know who says this, probably is something that Tony Robbins says that, he, I mean, not my favorite, but he, like, still he says something interesting that um, the pain of remaining the same is bigger than the pain of changing. And uh, that was something that I heard like five or six years ago and I was thinking, I think I will be more uh, dissatisfied if I remain the same rather than take the leap, take the challenge, listen to my inner uh, self and as you said, like confidence is your feeling. So I don't have, and like, I, especially I like what you said about competence and confidence that are not the same thing and are not associated. Um, and yeah, it was like, this was like my personal experience, but I would love for you to, to talk more about that exactly thing about competence and confidence, because we think confident people are also competent people. And like to be, um, confident you also need to be competent so how would you um what would you say to people and you you're coaching that they want to uh to change to get uh, ahead in their careers or like they get promotion um and to how to utilize these feelings of confidence and to trust themselves that they can do it um first uh, I'm going to give you a couple of examples that show you how competence and confidence are not the same because there is data that show us that they are not correlated, you know, because one thing is that you think you can do something and actually it's how you do it. And let's go to the pandemic. Look at our politic, uh, you know, politicians. How many of them were very, very confident at the beginning that that was only a flu, that that was just simple, that we, you know, you just had somehow, you know, to be at home and everything will go away. So they were very confident. So what? We, we do have leaders that think they can start a war and win it in a, in a week. So what? Yeah, they are very confident, but the reality is that it is a huge gap. So this is, you know, for our leaders. And I want to share with you, uh, there is um, a very interesting uh, uh, survey that was run by, the, by YouGov, okay? And they ask uh, what animal could Britons, people living in, in the UK, beat in a fight without um, any weapons, okay? And then they compare how confident they were men and, and women. So, and there is a difference, a huge difference. And for example, I was very interested to see that almost 30% of men in the UK are confident they will beat an eagle without any weapon. 
And I wonder how many of them had really seen an ego. In the case of men, women, were less than 10% that were confident. But it doesn't go on there. You know, 12% of men in that survey were confident they would beat a cobra without any weapon compared to 2%. So tell me how many of them have ever seen a cobra other than in movies. So those are examples, you know, about how really there is no correlation. Okay. And look at, for example, how many um, driving accidents we have. And a lot of them come because people said, you know, I'm confident I can drive even if I drunk, I, I uh, drank one liter of wine. Or even if I took drugs, I'm confident I still can drive. So you see the difference? The competence and the confidence. So to me, the other thing is we confuse um, confidence with charisma. We think that because somebody is charismatic and has, you know, uh, is a very good uh, public speaker, means that they are competent. No. You can look the part and not be. Look at actors. Actors are play presidents. They play people from another gender. They play, they play people that are younger and older. They, they play so many different roles, and they aren't. So that shows you that, you know, not because you play the role of a doctor means you can go into a surgery. So I think hopefully that helps to demystify this kind of competence. The other thing that I see as a problem is that because we have this very alpha male aggressive um, idea of how confident looks like, it, it, in a lot of, uh, you know, that prevents a lot of women and people of underrepresented groups to apply for leadership positions because they say, you know, I cannot be collaborative. I cannot be kind uh, to be a leader. I need to be ruthless. I, you know, I just need to, you know, if I'm going to lay off 25% of uh, the um, of, of the employees, I need to feel confident. Really? You know? That, so that means that that prevents people to say, I can be a leader as well, because they don't feel that they, can, they have the checkboxes and it goes against their values. So to me, this is critical when we, to, uh, when we look at leadership and confidence and competence. Because if we don't demystify confidence as the tool, then, you know, it's, it's actually we keep reproducing the same toxic um, uh, paradigms about what leadership is. Okay? So as for, as for tools, as I said, I think that Awareness is the first one, as you said, looking into our future self to think that um, uh, com uh, competence and confidence is not the same. Charisma and, and uh, confidence is not the same. And also look into 
what we can, the uniqueness we can bring. Because I think a lot of times comparison, which is led because we do need to uh, feel that we are confident, so we keep comparing ourselves to everybody, to all the people in Instagram that look thinner, younger, you know, more beautiful. Um, this, I think that we do need to really say, okay, what this is actually impacting, you know, uh, my workplace, my home, because I'm not showing my, you know, my true self here. I'm just trying to reproduce the stereotypes that I don't like. Yeah, that is that is very insightful that you just share. Like, uh, yes, sometimes we think because somebody is confident that they also know what they were doing. But I like how you showcase with examples that's not the case. Uh, it's I think it's like a placebo effect uh, in terms of you know kind of projecting the confidence and. Um, but in the reality, it's not uh, people like actually don't have these the knowledge behind it. But I would I would love to ask a question like how can that be and the opposite? How can we actually start faking, let's say, quote unquote, confidence, so we can gain more um, comfortable with ourselves and uh, be more secure in our competence like how can actually utilize that aspect or you know fake until you make it and uh, projecting the confidence first and then uh, acting second how what kind of um, advice would you give to people who don't uh, who are competent but they also need to be more confident and like they want to use it the other way around, like projecting the confidence first and then uh, acting like uh, using that kind of tool. Because I like how you mentioned it as a tool, uh, the, the sense, the feeling of confidence to achieve, to to grow, to progress. Uh, I I know that for some people, the fake it until you make it works. It doesn't work for me. And um, I think that for a lot of women and people from underrepresented groups that I coach, makes that feel unauthentic. So for me and for these other people, what I offer is the following. First, to really, when you feel not, you say, you talk to yourself and say, oh, I'm not confident. Let's put again, apply for a promotion just for the sake of it. Um, and then said, okay, curious, well, why, why I'm not applying, okay? And understand, oh, it's because I'm stretching myself, okay? Thinking like my brain doesn't like that because my brain wants to keep me safe. This is what brains do. Brains are there to keep you alive. And how they keep you alive? Just doing exactly the same thing all the time. Okay, so seeing, oh, actually, I'm feeling like that because I'm going to stretch myself. Okay, so then saying from I don't feel confident to how confident you feel. You feel like 
10%, 20%, give it a number. Okay. So imagine that you said, I'm 30%. Okay? Rather than catastrophizing, I said, wow, no, I need to be 80%. It's like, okay, what is the one thing you can do to move you, to move you from feeling 30% to 40%? What it is you need? Rather than just doing things, it's like, do you need to, for example, uh, read one article, one, not go six months. It's one article maybe that, or maybe you read this, the, the job spec and there is one thing you don't understand there. Maybe is let's Google what that means. And that gives you something. So it's about rather than being binary and catastrophizing, embrace that, yes, you are going to a larger space. You are going to try something. So where you are in that scale of confidence, how you can move a little bit, just one leap to just get it bigger. And also to understand, as you mentioned before, that this is an experiment. Life is an experiment. So if you go with a mindset, rather I get to have it perfect, rather than to say, I'm experimenting, then that, for me, it has been a game changer to think this is, life is a very big lab. You know, my background I, I, is uh, chemical engineering. I have a PhD in computational science. So, you know, it's very much about, uh, you know, experimenting. So what I am, I, if you look as applying for a job, do, you know, uh, launching your job or your post is an experiment, you know. I think that can be extremely useful. Um, the other thing I find that also uh, it's been a game changer for me and my clients is to look at feedback differently. We think that the moment somebody says, I don't, you know, you, you deliver a, a report. And somebody says, it's too long. We catastrophize. We said, wow, this feedback is horrible. I don't know how to do reports. And I feel shame. I, I waste everybody's time. Rather than think that feedback is not about us. Feedback is about the person that gives you the feedback. And you can go to Amazon and look for the most amazing book. And there will be always a couple of people that said, this, this book is, is rubbish. I hated it. What a waste. This person doesn't know how to write, no matter the book. Okay? So that doesn't mean that you don't care about feedback, but just reframing, because a lot of times we don't do things because we are concerned about the feedback. Wow. What if I ask my, my uh, manager, I want to be promoted? Imagine if they tell me I'm, I'm bad. Okay? So you're, so then you already have you already know they tell you no, Patricia you you and I've been giving this feedback at some point in my career you have reached your ceiling and then I said okay so tell me what I need to do to go to the next step and see it as a conversation so I think 
I will go to first the awareness that of this is your brain telling you that you are stretching yourself, then understanding where you are in that scale, then taking a small leap to move it upwards, and finally looking at feedback like it's a survey. You are gathering opinions about people, but that is not about you. It's about the work and how that person likes it. No, it's not a poll about you and your worthiness. Patricia, I think that said it all, uh, like uh, approaching life and uh, professional growth and personal growth as an experiment that doesn't necessarily define us and uh, doesn't necessarily uh, shape us uh, in terms like if we are successful or a failure and I always want to think success and failure as processes like succeeding and failing in terms of it's like as you mentioned it is we are just gathering information and data we are basically um, doing the research about things that work and don't work a feedback doesn't mean anything about us because as you also mentioned before, we change and we develop and uh, we also, we are different people. Like if somebody gives me a feedback five years ago about how can I use Zoom? Yes, five years ago, I might didn't even know what Zoom is, for example. But then I progress and then I learned and um, that information changed. So because I didn't know how to do it in that time and place doesn't mean that I cannot do it in the future and uh, I think that is uh, a nice approach of how to receive feedback and not to internalize the information as us as people but to kind of look at in the third perspective view and being like okay what I am observing here about some uh, objective uh, facts and how can I change that and work with that information to go where I want to be um, and also like that's like what you said about like building all this um, uh, strength and uh, uh, self-worthness as well and the wisdom like how to receive a feedback because it's very important because I felt as well myself that feedback it had to do with me as a, as a person sometimes in the past but then I realized that that is not true because people who are giving me feedback, they don't know me like 360. They know a, a part of me, like something. They don't know how I operate in overall in my life. So I think uh, internalizing feedback in a, in a negative way and like think that we are like this is like um, not appreciating all the other things that we're actually working towards when like we're improving. Um, this is so, so nice. I really, really love this uh, conversation. And I feel like you shared like so much wisdom today and uh, so much important information for uh, this audience. But Patricia, but Patricia, uh, where can people uh, find you and how can they connect with you? Um, and of course, for anyone who's listening, I'm going to link all of uh, Patricia's uh, links uh, in the description of this episode. 
Okay, so I do post every day, uh, both in LinkedIn and Facebook, about top, at the, uh, topics at the intersection between diversity and inclusion, tech, uh, emerging tech, especially artificial intelligence and blockchain, as well as uh, women and people of underrepresented groups in leadership. Okay. Additionally, I also have a longer post, uh, you know, in my uh, website every week. And if your listeners are interested, they can also watch the recording of a um, webinar that I delivered early this month about how to move from self-criticism to inner wisdom, where I go... Uh, more in details about how our brain and also the patriarchal system keep us actually uh, in, you know, going into circles about, uh, you know, talking ourselves out of what we want in life and in our careers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Patricia, uh, I'll be very happy to have you another more time in this show. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next time.